Good afternoon, you are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. I'm very, very excited to introduce you to the guests I have on this week. They are from the band Fur, who is doing incredibly well right now. They have gained international recognition as being one of the coolest indie pop bands of our time. And I am lucky enough to be joined by Murray and Tav who are going to speak to me about their new EP, the inspiration behind their work, how they came to get their image as well, because they these guys look like they are straight out of the 60s. And I'm going to play you their single, If You Know That I'm Lonely, which has millions of downloads online. So without further ado, here are Murray and Tav from the band Fur. I am joined by Tav and Murray from band Fur. Guys, I've been really, really excited to talk to you. Now, Fur started off as a band in Brighton and have received literally millions of streams on their songs and global tours. So they're quite a big deal. I'm really happy to have them talking to me today on Zoom. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you for being here. I I mean, I sometimes introduce artists, but I actually think it's probably a good idea if you do that yourself. Uh, I'm Murray and I write most of the songs and uh, play guitar and sing and i'm tav and uh, i'm the bassist in fur got singer songwriter and as well and ba- and bassist guitarist so i'm i am going to play some of your music for the listeners um but you've got a really really unique sound to your band how would you describe your genre of music um i normally try and steer away from describing it with like normal kind of like genre words because they get a bit like kind of ambiguous but it's it's just a blend of uh kind of retro feeling pop and kind of modern indie there's a kind of folkish element to it as well sometimes yeah a little bit some say. of the newer stuff kind of steers a little bit more in that direction but um yeah I think if you were to pin it down into an actual genre it'd probably have like eight words attached to it so <laughs> and, you, and you have like this unique ability to mix quite an old 1960s retro sound with modern sounds I would say so can you talk a little bit about that fusion of of different genres and times yeah I think it's quite a natural thing that happened um over time and it's 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 just down to the kind of bands that I was listening to when I was really young and then the bands I was into in my teens when we were kind of writing more of the music um and I think it's just a, a nice kind of middle ground of um either the kind of production and how the song sounds being quite retro with a more modern feeling song or the other way around where the song feels quite retro and the production's a bit modern, you know? Mm. That makes sense. I definitely think it's a bit of like a, it's all of our influences when we met kind of blended into one with overlapping as well. So yeah, it's it's happened very naturally. It's not a not really a conscious thing. Yeah, I like that. Let's start from the beginning then because there are four members of that. I'm lucky enough to speak to two of you. You are Murray, Tavlin and Josh and I've got Murray and Tav with me. How did you meet? How did the band come to be? Um, it was started before all of us actually met. Um, me and Harry, who is an ex-member, um, who is now pursuing other ventures, we both met each other through uh, the freshest page for our uni when we moved when we were going to move down to Brighton. And he had seen one of my old bands playing at a venue and kind of used that as an in to be like, hey, I, I know you, you're in this band. And we, we kind of got on really well. And then we started writing some music together. Um, and the early songs that we, uh, we wrote together, we then put out under the name Fur. And then when we moved to Brighton, um, we met Tav when he was uh, looking for a house to move into. And we were kind of 
we needed people to move into the house, but we also really needed to form a band. So we were like, you can move in if you play <laughs> bass or drums. And he said he played both, and we picked bass, luckily, because he doesn't play drums. I just really wanted to join a band. He just, he just wanted a band and needed somewhere to live. So. Oh, my God, that's such a good story. That's yeah, hilarious. We're like, I play both these things. I actually know that. That's so funny. Yeah. And then... <laughs> um, like, I sing and write music, and I also do opera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a man of all trades, really. It's just an all-rounder. It's an all-rounder. And then we met Flynn. Flynn was the final piece uh, of, the, of the main band at the beginning, because uh, we had gone a month or two, maybe, without finding a drummer. Mm. And... Um, the only we went we went out for the only freshers event I've ever been to like literally the first and last because it was it was that bad and oh, we God. went out, and we went out kind of with the aim of like let's see if we can imagine if we found a drummer like just on the night out and then uh, we got to this club and the, there was this guy standing by the bar and Harry had said like we should just literally just like you never know like just go up and ask him if he plays drums and I was like mate I'm not doing that that's embarrassing like and then Harry was like I'll go and do it and walked up to Flynn and said do you play drums and he said yeah and then Flynn said he joined because he was so drunk and then that's it yeah the next day we were like are you still up for joining and Flynn was like yeah I guess like I don't even think he remembered like saying yes sounds honestly unbelievable yeah it does can't imagine that you just met by the pure chance that you got drunk in a well, bar. Neither, neither can we. We always say it like it's 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 pretty mad how it kind of just all like fell into place. And then yeah, we just had a, a rehearsal where we I think we only had like two songs, and so we taught yeah. we taught Tav and Flynn one song, and we stole our housemate in first year's bedroom and and used her drum kit without her permission to have a practice for about three hours. We just played the same song over and over again. Um, yeah. I, I actually I think because yeah. you know you hear of these these bands, you know, um, yeah. almost like founded in a science lab, and you yeah. guys very kind of organically fell together just yeah. purely because you were having a good time at uni. That's quite yeah, a nice exactly. Story. Yeah. And I, I think, think it's also I think it's also very lucky that um, we all get on really well as well. It's not just that we played the instruments that were kind of needed. We also kind of gelled really well. So yeah, yeah it, was, it was a very lucky and natural beginning for us. Really. Yeah, and then uh, Josh. Josh played um, keys for us for a bit whilst we were doing kind of like, obviously now we've got more keyboard and more other sounds in our set. So at that point we kind of needed a fifth member. Um, and then when Harry decided to go off and pursue other things, um, Josh's main instrument is guitar. So he fell into the role of, of lead guitar and is also an incredible songwriter as well. So that kind of also just really naturally fell into place. So It seems so serendipitous that that all yeah. kind of just happened yeah. um taught me through the name fur as well because when i first heard this name i was like i really liked it and i had no idea why i liked it so i'd it quite was, like it I, I i kind of struggled at the beginning to to try and think of like a name that sort of like meant something so it was just like we were just pick like sifting through words that kind of sounded nice and maybe like evoked a sort of like feeling whether it was like a texture or like a food or whatever mm-hmm. um and we went with fur and i just think you know, I don't. I never really felt like band names mattered that much. I feel like if you're kind of either good enough or people at least like you, then you know, Arctic Monkeys was like a random band name generator thing, I think, and they kind of hate that now. But it just becomes a bit of more of a brand, and then it's kind of there. So 
yeah exactly Absolutely. and now it's on all your merchandise so you can buy t-shirts yeah. and we will tell you all where to go at the end to do so now i've already mentioned that you had it was 30 million plays on your song if you know that i'm lonely that's crazy yeah across a couple of platforms yeah that's absolutely that must have felt pretty amazing when things started really taking off what was the story behind all that it was really shocking really because the video was done with um Again, it was a friend. He decided it was for free, wasn't it? I think it was for free. Yeah, we well, we paid for like our travel to Southampton to shoot it. Yeah, and then uh, it was doing okay for the first couple of weeks. Like we were happy with it, twenty thousand or around that number. Mm. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, it started spiking. And um, yeah, and then it just about six like, months. Stop. Six months after it was released, it started wow. spiking. That's crazy. I am actually going to play now for the listeners, if you know that I'm lonely, because I think it gives a, a good insight into the music we're talking about. It is one of your most popular songs, and I really like it. So three good reasons to play. Here is If You Know That I'm Lonely by Fur. Mistake after mistake, it's safer if I distance myself If there's a way for me to not do what I have done for so long Don't be sorry if you know that I'm lonely I don't feel like you know me well enough to understand Couple of down days It's like you're stealing what I had for a while And using it yourself In my mind I see what I want to see And if it goes wrong I think I'll never be the same But I know it's only luckily and I freaking love it (laughs) it's so good now as well as being successful in the UK you also have a very budding career in Asia as well you know the Asian market absolutely adore you guys that must have been really cool as well you've done tours there yeah 
Yeah, we went out, um, I think, for the first time, February 2019, I think. Um, and we went to Indonesia and, and played, a ma- played to, to, at that point, the, the biggest show we've ever played. Um, Nuts. And that was, that was really surreal. We, kind of, we flew in and then I think we had a day off before, then the day of the show and then a day off afterwards and then flew back. So it kind of felt like a little whirlwind, like, yeah. crazy experience. But yeah, that was, that was really cool. Um, and that's luckily, like, we've been, we've been lucky enough for that to continue to grow. So um, we've been back out and we played shows in Kuala Lumpur and Singapore um, and Jakarta again and Bangkok, Thailand. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been, it's been really crazy. Like, they're all really supportive over there and it's kind of, Nice, because it's. We, I mean, we never kind of anticipated that we'd ever be playing shows that big and that far <laughs> away by this point, you know. So, um, yeah, we're very grateful. It's it's really cool. Yeah, it's hugely successful straight off the bat. You're doing massive shows. I, you know, I saw some pictures. Um, your photographer, uh, Julia, she's absolutely amazing. I know she's she's behind <laughs> Tav right now. Hi, Julia. <laughs> um, She's incredible. I've seen some photos from these events and it's just amazing like, to go from this small uni band, you know, everyone dreams of this. It's phenomenal, but you also worked incredibly hard and I want to say that as well. It's not just luck, it's, you know, it's hard work and talent as well. I want to talk about your creative process because your songs are biographical, they're quite sentimental. Do you write all of the music yourself? Um, it was just me and, and then kind of when Josh um, kind of slipped into like a core member role, um, he started writing. I mean, I've known, I've, we've known Josh for a while and, and he's been, a, I've always known of him as a great songwriter, but um, when he started like putting his mind towards writing for Fur, it, 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 that was when it kind of clicked a little bit more. I kind of realised like how perfect it was because obviously some people are suited to writing different styles of music and, and they have their own kind of comfort zone. But I think Josh is just really like fits into the, the Fur sound. Um and so yeah, now now we kind of share the writing. It's, it's it's kind of a blend of both. I think Josh Josh has always uh, had a slightly different approach to writing the songs, where he's he's normally lyrics first, um, and then fits everything around that. And I'm normally the other way around. Um, but we kind of have that sort of nicely competitive nature, where like you know Josh will send me something, and, and I'll I'll be like, oh, that's really good, um, and that will kind of spur me on to to then kind of try and get get a similar sort of thing um and I guess that's quite common in bands with more than one songwriter but um it's yeah. nice that you can sort of share that I was, that was going to be one of my questions as well is it is it difficult to work creatively with each other because you know you, you're, you're good friends as well so how do you deal with ideas and if someone doesn't like an idea and how does that all work I think we're quite lucky normally I don't really think there's ever that many ideas that um Either, will, either of us will kind of explore or expand on and then we'll get to a point where anyone else is like, oh, I don't really like that. Normally, we kind of, if we're not sure on an idea, we'll, we'll share it with everyone in its really early stages um, and kind of get feedback on, on that point. Tav and Flynn, Tav and Flynn are like the, uh, the X Factor judges. <laughs> What's yeah. that, Tav? Have you ever had a song that you absolutely are like, oh, this doesn't work? Or do you, you know when you're like, yeah, this is absolutely what I think, I think, if I'm honest... And Better I say no. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to make him big-headed, but I think uh, me and Flynn are in a band with two obviously very talented songwriters, so it's very rare that there's something that I think, oh, that's not brilliant. But there have been cases uh, where it's been a bit, oh, hit or miss. But uh, no, yeah. I think for the most part, 
yeah, they're, they're, they're good songs, I think. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> they're doing something right. What, what is yeah. the process then from, from the conception of an idea to, you know, a polished song at the end? What's the writing process in there? Um, I think it's changed over time. So it used to be... I mean, it used to be just me in my bedroom and I'd write something and then I would just record it to the best of my ability with, with the stuff I had. It's a guitar falling over in the background, sorry. Um, That's authentic sounds, I yeah, like it. Yeah. So yeah, it used to be like, uh, I would just kind of like flesh out demos and stuff in my bedroom and then that would be kind of where it sat until we would um, rehearse it to take it into the studio. And now it's sort of a little bit different. I kind of find myself writing a bit more like full songs on, on just the guitar. And then I'll probably knock up a fairly simple demo and then Josh, will, Josh behaves in the same way when he's writing and then normally we'll meet up, spend a week or two going through all of the songs that we've done in the last couple of months and then uh, get them to the best standard we can. And that kind of ended up being the reason that we were able to release this, this thing we've released, like the mixtapes, which was all recorded yeah. by us. Yeah, so, so we're going to talk all about that because that's very yeah. exciting. So yeah, I think we just got better at, at kind of honing in on like what our sound was and how we could get it yeah the instruments you use and your voice and the sound that you've created is so reminiscent of the 1960s how when you're writing do you incorporate that or is it just in the blood of what you're doing I think it's a bit of both I think there's definitely um like calculated things that kind of that go into it so whether it's like guitar tones or like the sort of instruments you're using um and then I guess, I guess, yeah, the other half of it is just completely natural. Like I think in terms of my voice, I think of the voice is such a um, easily influenced thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like whatever you kind of grew up singing and were surrounded by is normally kind of what will shape it. And I think that kind of happened with me. Um, and yeah, I think there's just certain things that I, I love and certain chord progressions that I love from that time, you know, certain certain sounds and combinations of instruments that when I'm writing, sometimes I'm thinking about it consciously and sometimes I'm not. And I think that's, that for me is kind of what, what makes a nice blend of it's, you know, it's, it's not pastiche. It's not like we're trying to pretend that this was recorded in the sixties or this was, you know, some songs, some songs I'll write and it, and it won't really sound that much like it's kind of retro or just have like a more modern, unique feel to it. And then some as you know, some of the complete opposite. This is clearly so authentic because, you know, even your look is so 1960s. You know, I mentioned that I went to one of your concerts, but it's not just a concert thing. It's it's your everyday. Like, I, I know the, the listeners can't see you right now, but Tab's wearing 1960s glasses, which I'm really digging. <laughs> and, uh, and Murray's got almost 70s vibes, I would say, actually. Yeah. This is also your style. No, I, I, don't, I don't ever think it was really a conscious thing. I think... Um, if you'd seen us, I mean, some people that we that we know that have followed us since the beginning will have definitely seen us at, at shows in, in first year when we all literally just looked like first year students. Um, I think it's been quite a natural thing. I think I've just got a bit more into kind of uh, style a little bit more. And I think all of us, it's, it's been a fairly natural progression. Obviously, we, we try and... Uh, we try and look our best when we can and when we need to. But um. I also feel like what you surround yourself in and what you listen to definitely rubs off on you. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, consciously or subconsciously, if you're listening to a lot of older music, you kind of start taking in the styles and 
just a natural thing it's not forced (laughs) no that's what I like about it as well it's clearly not forced like I'm talking to you right now you didn't know I was going to comment on what you're wearing but you look like you're about to go on stage it's great (laughs) I really enjoy that uh okay well let's talk about 2020 it's been a bit of a nightmare but um you guys have been up to some quite exciting things during lockdown during coronavirus shall we talk about you know what you've been up to in 2020 a nice way to say it would be we managed to find like a silver lining in it and um I think all artists at the beginning of the the whole lockdown thing and when it was a little bit more um, unknown, uh, it was quite daunting and quite worrying and people weren't really sure how they were going to continue like any income and how they were going to continue, you know, without touring. You had tours tours planned as well, didn't you, in 2020? Yeah, we had had a a UK tour that was was cancelled and then we were going back out to Asia as well and that was all Mm cancelled. So at first it kind of felt like, it was just the worst thing ever. And then I think with the kind of forced lockdown, I found myself just with a bit more of a creative drive. And because we knew that we weren't be able, going to be able to do anything for a couple months, that was kind of when we had the first idea of maybe we should just fully put all of our effort into, uh, into recording to the best of our ability these songs we've been working on um, and, and then releasing them as a, mm. as a sort of quarantine project, yeah. Mm. I've been really impressed at how creatives have used COVID to their, I suppose, creative advantage. You know, you have more yeah. time on your hands. If you can get to a point where you are emotionally feeling it, which I know some people kind of can get to a little bit easier, but it's been hard for some people. I mean, it's been a really strange time, but it's really fortunate that you guys have banded together. You've managed to create yeah. something really, really cool. Should we talk about your, your mixtape? So, yeah, that was... Um... I think it's kind of an amalgamation of things. I think we had uh, a pretty slow year the year before where um, we, I don't th- we haven't really released as much music as we had hoped to. And it was due to a number of things. And, you know, we, we changed management and there were, there were um, a couple of like complications that kind of slowed us down a bit. And I think we just felt like the further we knew we were, no one else knew because obviously it's a difficult thing when you're releasing music that quite often the mu- the new music you're releasing, when you release it, it's not new to you. You've always got things that are kind of, it's always a bit backlogged and you kind of plan ahead. So we kind of just wanted everyone to catch up on, on like our sound and, and where we kind of thought we were. Um, and then, yeah, coronavirus just gave us the perfect opportunity to just record it from home to the best of our ability and just, you know, let people hear what we were doing um and it, it worked out so well and we're yeah really happy that we managed to do it the earliest one is probably just before christmas 19 i would say and then and then two or, th- or th- three or four of them are uh, at least mostly written during lockdown some of them are josh's and some of them are mine and we kind of we had had this this massive playlist of, of all of our demos that we'd had and we kind of sifted through some of them and, and the more recent ones were, were just the ones that were standing out a bit more and we kind of felt represented where we're at a bit better. Mm. Um, obviously, we, we were still fighting that sort of, we're still holding things off for the, for the album. Um, and so, yeah, I think um, it definitely represents where we're at at the moment. I think it's kind of given a, a slight different angle on, on the sound. Um, yeah. Yeah, explored a couple of different avenues. Yeah, it definitely has uh, a bit more of a, a folk kind of folk tendency and um we were a bit worried or a bit um worried what people would think of it but i think it's had a really positive reaction in general yeah, yeah. We're happy with it 
are you currently still working on songs, new songs for 2021? Where we all are going to need some new things to do and think about and see and listen to. (laughs) Yeah. So we've just, uh, we were just in the studio. What? About two weeks ago, I think. Um, And that was like the first thing any of those, I mean, literally the first time that I had seen Flynn and Josh in like almost six months. Thank goodness. Um, so yeah, we had a couple of rehearsals um, and then we got into the studio and we recorded a new song, which we hope will be coming out within the next month or two. We've kind of just started the uh, the the kind of early stages of the album. So we've kind of got, I, th- I think we've got most of the songs there. Um, there'll be... There'll this is be a new all- album that's for 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this will be like our, our, um, our actual debut. Yeah. Um, that's a big deal. You had your largest UK tour to date in 2019 where you played the Scala, which is known for being the place you go when you're about to take off. Do you have anything planned in 21? Any any exciting tour dates that you can get as excited about, even though no one knows what's happening next year? <laughs> yeah, so, um, so hopefully we... Um... Uh, we'll be doing our largest again to date UK tour um, and that will be finishing in London at a venue called Oslo which is again a really cool venue so uh, that's really exciting and then hopefully next year we're just going to be hitting all the places we haven't been before. Big important question where can listeners go to get your mixtape find out about your albums see what you're up to follow you you can go to Spotify, you can search Fur, or you can search Facing Home Mixtape, and you'll find it there. You can find it on SoundCloud. Uh, you can find it on YouTube just by searching Fur Facing Home Mixtape. Furband.co.uk, you'll find links to everything. So it'll be to our social medias, to our music, and you can buy our merch off there and, yeah, all sorts. There's photos and stuff there so you can explore. Fantastic. So Facing Home is what the mixtape is called. You can go to furband.co.uk, find everything that you need to know on there about tour dates and merch. Guys, I'm now going to lead out this conversation by playing the single You. Can you tell us a little bit about the single before before I play it for the listeners? Yeah, this was the, I'm going to say the first one I wrote that ended up on the mixtape. Just a classic fur heartbreak song. Yeah, I think this kind of gives a different, a slightly different edge. I think normally it's quite, uh, we kind of have happy-go-lucky sounding songs with with quite uh, meaningful lyrics. And this one just, yeah, this one's full-on heartbreak. <laughs> I'm really excited for people to hear it as well. Thank you so much for talking to me. And I really hope that 21 pulls through for you both. And, yeah, and- hopefully that's for you. Yeah. yeah, fingers crossed. We'll get you on the guest list uh, next year. Yes, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I was a subtle and now you've committed on air, so... Yeah, yeah. it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Thank you Thank so you. much, guys. And here is You by Fur.
I love that song. It's so catchy. All their records are catchy. I was actually lucky enough to see them live. I'm really excited that I got to speak to them. And the guys are just lovely, lovely guys. That is unfortunately all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much for listening to Art Then and Now with me, Anna Gammons. I hope you'll join me next week where I'll have another banging interview for you. And until then, stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands and look after each other. Bye.